0: highlights for you. Uh, The altar flowers today are uh, given uh, uh, the memorial of Tracy Pierce Simon's first heavenly birthday and from her church family. A couple of meeting uh, reminders are this uh, Tuesday at 7 o'clock, there's an ad council, and uh, education organizational meeting will be on Saturday, March 20th at 10 a.m. Today is also the last day to order your Easter flowers, the order forms uh, out here in the Narthex. Or you can you can uh, well, I guess today's the last day, so I say don't, don't call Jeanette tomorrow because you'll be too late. <coughs> Other things I'd like to highlight this morning and say happy birthday to Alice Moore and Marge Craig. And anniversary, uh, Bill and Diane Grant married <laughs> seven years. In here this morning no. okay. Okay. congratulations Bill pass <laughs> that okay. um, and please keep our your family and, and friends uh, for the week in prayer and they are Donna Bailey, Hank Sue Katie James and Henry Hoover also just a reminder uh, please contact Sharon Wright, uh, if you lip, wish to serve as an usher, we always need help with all kinds of uh, things and ushers is, is definitely, definitely one of them. So see, and uh, I guess that's it. Sorry, I didn't tell you guys, sorry. Uh, Cause I see a
1: lot of new faces. I wanted just to mention again, um, the organizational education meeting on Saturday at 10 is for anyone interested just like finding out what we're going to be doing, um, with kids in our, our church.
0: Um, so we have a lot of different groups and if you're a part of it already, I want you to sign up again and, uh, be a leader. If you're interested, um, we have a nursery come in our church and a children's church. Um, we need some help in Sunday school and youth, um, the youth group. So, um, Come out and just hear about what these programs are going to be about, um, and how you could um, be involved and help in our education program. So, hope to see you on Saturday. Kind of along the same lines too. Uh, this coming Saturday, we have a special visitation coming from 7:30 to 11:30. No? Yeah, from 7:30 to 11:30. It's coming Saturday. Okay from 9.30 to 11.30. <laughs> well, I'm meeting with Easter by early. But uh, we'll be here. Uh, and it's a wonderful opportunity to reach out to our community. Also, uh, at that moment, we're gonna be passing out like an introduction to the kids that come to church, talk about our children's church, and it's a wonderful outreach. So please tell your friends and family, and look at Deb dev and all the little kids at the hospital. And make sure they come to see Easter Bunny from 9.30 to 11.30. Thank you. That's the prayer potluck day too, correct? Yep, prayer potluck. Yes, prayer
1: potluck.
0: So, do you need more information on that? That's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay.
1: Well, good morning. All right, will you join me for our responsive call to worship? God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let all God's people cry out in joy. God's steadfast love
2: endures forever.
1: Come, let us worship the Lord of our salvation.
2: Hear the light of Christ greeting From Mount poor they sent out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Would you join with me in the prayer? Steadfast God, you reach out to us in mercy even when we rebel against your holy call and prefer to walk in disobedience rather than in the way of your divine truth. Soften our hearts with the warmth of your love that we may know your Son alive within us, redeeming us and raising us up into your eternal presence. Amen.
3: In the service of love, as set forth in the example Lord. of our blessed Lord. To the, the end, end and the kingdom of God may and come upon the earth. earth. Amen. Amen.
1: My brothers and sisters, reconciled to God by the mercy of Christ, we pray with confidence for the needs of the church and for the world, and we thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done for us in the past week and always. First, we'd like to give you thanks, Lord, for Anne and Todd, two weeks married. Woohoo! We want to give you praise also that nursing homes are finally going to be able to be open to visitors um, so that the elderly and the disabled who live there are no longer in isolation from their family and friends. And Lord, we know how important um, a touch um, and a personal connection with people we love can be. So thank you, Lord, for allowing that to finally be taking place for him. Thanks for all the calls and cards and people who checked in on Ron during his recent illness. And we are so glad to have him and his wife Kathy back in church with us and worshiping with us. And we just hope that he continues to be on the mend and feel better. And, and Lord be with him as he goes through that journey. And uh, we want to also lift praises to you for, for Lennon's brother-in-law, Frank, whose surgery went well, he's doing well, he's on the end. Bless the Lord. Thank you for uh, being with him and letting sisters get to visit together and have some time together and, and support each other in this time your the traveling mercies um, Linda and Pat. Yeah. Um, now we need to lift some things before you Lord. some things that are of concern to us. So I'd like to lift before you Post, for um, more tests that she's gonna have to have. Hopefully this week maybe we can we can get an answer for her about what's going wrong with her body and and then you know, find the answer, serve the answer, and then figure out what to do to improve the situation and make her feel better. Um, also, <clears throat> we want to pray for for our youth guy, great right all around kid, Drew. You um, have a little accident with his handboard, and hands and feet and heads really hurt when we hurt them because they're full of nerves. With him as he he recovers from that injury and help him to uh, be more careful next time and in the the rambunctiousness of youth, keep him safe. And then also, we'd like to pray, Lord, for the family of Bob Corbett, who passed away um, in the last couple of days. Um, He was a beloved member of the church, very faithful giving and remembering of the church and he will really be his family and his friends as they suffer through this time of loss. And maybe I'll keep them down. Through Christ, you make us a new creation of God. For with him we pass from sin to the new life of grace. Accept our prayers in the warm embrace of your compassion, And welcome all people to the festive banquet of your table, where we may rejoice in your love and celebrate the inheritance you have given to us. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now, with the confidence of God's children, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us Our Father, Father, who art art in heaven, heaven. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
3: Is <laughs>
4: 613 I had 613 rules to follow. Can you imagine that? Can, can can you even understand how many that is? And 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 I I knew every one of them and I followed them mostly. So there I am sitting across from Jesus and he looks at me and says Nicodemus it's not about the rules <laughs> I'm I'm paraphrasing him but essentially that's what he's saying it's it's not about the rules not about the rules look at this from from my perspective um I'd seen him come in the day before, and, and and he had turned the temple upside down. This is the place, mind you, that, that I'd spent my life preserving. So you can imagine how much I wanted to have a talk with him in a secluded place at nighttime. How would you feel if someone Someone said to you, someone you respected, they tell you that everything that you'd dedicated your life to had missed the mark completely. You're a fool. That's how you feel. So, I said something to him. One rule that seems too good to be true, because it was. Believe he's the Messiah. Believe he's the one that was promised. And and he said it like he just glazed over it like it was some simple thing. And then went on talking about good and... Evil, And I'm thinking, wait, go back, go back to where you took what was so complicated and made it not complicated. My whole life was in those complications. My, my religion was in those complications making sure to follow the details of the laws. I made sure that every T was crossed. I thought that is what was going to save me. 613 laws. I was wrong. It was love that saved me. For God so loved.
2: And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do believe, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be evil exposed but those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have done have been done in God the word of God for the people of God, be to God. you may be seated.
1: Welcome today to another in our series of 40 Days with Jesus, featuring the Skit Guys. I hope you're enjoying these uh, these little video skits. Um, I really am, and I think they, they really help to add to our messages, because we get to see those characters as real people, and not just kind of like two-dimensional characters in the Bible. So I hope that it's helping. All of you to to really uh, uh, get a hold of of what's going on in the passages that we're studying. Um, Last week we met a poor widow who witnessed Jesus' cleansing of the temple and today we meet Nicodemus who is a Pharisee and who was intrigued and fascinated by what he had seen of Jesus. Perhaps he was even present when Jesus turned over the money-changers the event that we talked about last week. But let's begin today's message with a little test, a mini test, we'll call it. Now suppose you were on your way to church this morning and you got a call from your mother. And she said, hey, my car broke down on the side of the road. Can you come get me? Now you have two choices. Choice A. Sorry, Mom, but it's Sunday, and I have to keep this day holy. I have to go to church. Or B, will be right there. Now, are you going to honor the fourth commandment? That's the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. And break the fifth, which is honor your father and mother. Or are you going to break the fifth and honor the fourth? Well, perhaps in our day and age, that one's not quite so hard. But imagine for a minute that you live in a time where there are 613 recognized commandments, and you have to know every single one of them. You spend your days arguing about settling and settling disputes over those commandments and how you interpret. And then you argue with someone else who would leave mom hanging all alone on the side of the road. This is basically describing the life of Nicodemus. In Jesus' day, people would look for and follow a rabbi with whom they most agreed. If one rabbi thought that that certain commandments were more important than other ones, and you agreed with him, you would follow that rabbi. Uh, And you can say the word commandments all you want to, but in the end, it really all boils down to interpretation,
3: even today.
1: Interpretation was and is built into our theological system. But back then, the commandments were often classified as either light were heading. If you were like most people, you followed the rabbi with the lightest commandments. And here's what that means. Rabbis gained respect by their ability to sum up the rules. Commandments could be combined and filed together under one broad heading. The easier you could make it for people, the better, because, remember, He had to memorize 613 of them. So a particular rabbi would determine which commandments he considered the most important. And then these commandments were called his yoke. Y-O-K-E, not Y-O-L-K, yoke. And for those of you not of the farming variety, a yoke is a wooden bar or frame that fastens over the necks of two draft animals and attaches them to a cart or a plow. Or allows them to pull the, the implement, whatever it is. So remember when Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He was trying to explain that it wasn't so much about the rules but about God. So that may be one of the reasons followers flock to him because his yoke was light. Now the Pharisees, they had a lot of power in Jesus' day. They were an ancient Jewish sect known for living their lives according to the strictest observance of both the traditional and the written laws of the Jewish people. They were the rule keepers and the rule abiders. These were the men that held They were the group that the rest of society looked to for interpretations of those agreed upon 613 rules. Manners, if you will. They believed those rules had to be lived out faithfully if a person was going to be living right in God's sight. And of those 613 laws for life, 243 of them were things that a good Jewish person was supposed to do. The other 365 were negative rules and ensured that there were enough things not to do to provide at least one mistake for every day of the year. And because the Pharisees held that rule book, they held the power and they did all they could to preserve it. They kept their thumbs on the rest of society to maintain their influence and status among the religious elite. Now, since the Pharisees had a lot of power, they weren't looking to give it up anytime soon, especially not to this upstart rabbi, Nazareth who seemed intent not only on upturning the money-changers' tables, but upon upturning the whole system that the Pharisees had so carefully crafted to their benefit. Jesus' light yoke was attracting too many followers. People were asking too many questions. The Pharisees couldn't let Jesus go unchecked. Now, if you spent your whole day arguing about a bunch of commandments that seemed to contradict one another, you learned to be very good at debating and arguing, right? And arguing, I will say, was the Pharisees' superpower. They resolved to use this superpower against Jesus. They went to Jesus they said, which is the greatest commandment? Now they weren't really interested in his opinion, mind you. That wasn't why they asked. (coughs) They were attempting to catch Jesus in a verbal trap, in what we would call a catch-22. There was a whole group of them there, guns loaded and ready for a fight, because no matter what answer Jesus gave, they would argue with him and tried to discredit him. And then once they discredited him, they would just ignore him as if he were nothing. (coughs) They were gonna put an end to this upstart's mission right here and right now. But Jesus was ready for them, of course. He took not only the top 10 commandments that we're familiar with, but all 613 of them and sum them up in just two. And I bet we all know what they are. The first one, who can tell me. Love God. Love God, correct. And the second? Love each other. Love others, correct. That's it. Now let's just look at the top 10 commandments for a minute. What are the first four? Well, there are no other gods, no graven images, no taking God's name in vain, and keep the Sabbath day holy. And what about the next batch of six? Honor mom and dad, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, no lying against your neighbor and no coveting, what isn't yours? Now, what are those first four about? Yep, they're about loving God. And what are the last six about? What? Loving other people. Loving each other, correct. See, Jesus made it really simple, didn't he? His yoke was indeed light. Good. He is good. So, surprise on the Pharisees. Not only did they fail to trap Jesus, they caused him to gain even more followers that day. His yoke was indeed light. In the video, Nicodemus says something very profound. He says, My life, and then he pauses a moment before continuing. No, my religion was in the details. So, how often do we get so caught up in being religious that we forget to be followers? Now, before you dismiss that thought, thinking, oh no, I don't do that, how many of us prefer to sit in our pew? How many of us wear our church clothes? How many of us have said, well, I just can't seem to worship that with that music or with that prayer or with that message? Sit up straight. Stand when you're supposed to. If you're gonna raise your hands, you have to do it like this and not like that. Wear robes, don't wear robes. Recite liturgy, just sing praise songs. Use the hymnal. Project the words on the screen. Don't use that word for God. Use this one instead. This list of personal expectations and standards we have for worshiping God is long. I'd like to share with you a true story about a youth pastor that I heard about. He was a new hire at a church. And one of the first things that he had to do was teach a doctrine class for teenagers. Doctrine is basically the rules of our denomination. The Christian Education Committee gave him a test and said all the students had to pass the test before they could become members. And he asked, well, what happens if they don't? And the response from the committee was, see that they do. Well, the youth pastor took the test to the adult Sunday school class. And he gave it to Chris. And he said, Chris, give this to your people. No, he didn't. And he gave it to them. And more than half of the adults in the Sunday school class didn't pass the test. The youth pastor threw the test away. He was gone from that church in less than 18 months. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, this, right here, right now, is the church. These are God's people. This group of messed up folks who can't make decisions, eat with the wrong forks, decide everything through committee, leave dirty Kleenex in the pews, complain about the taste of the communion wine, the Christmas and Easter only attending people, This is the church. This ragtag group of people. Not your rules. There was Nicodemus, who had lived his whole life by the letter of the law, all 613 of them. His whole life was devoted to ritualistic purity. He thought that by keeping each one with pedantic precision, God would love and accept him. He crossed every T and dotted every I in order to be in right standing before God. It must have seemed to Nicodemus that every day he was striving for the perfect grade on a never-ending exam. It was as if he were the valedictorian and Jesus just shows up at graduation with a kind of 2.0 and go philosophy, was as if God was just taking a completion grade. The grade for him already completed by Jesus. Nicodemus saw this man speaking to the people in ways he never could. What Jesus was telling them couldn't be right. Put it. all that is required to be right before God is to believe it had to be too good to be true was everything Nicodemus had devoted his life to just a big waste of time was he on a religious venture of missing the point Nicodemus had to know so afraid of what his pharisaic peers might say, sneaks off to meet Jesus at night. He asks for clarity on the things he's heard Jesus say. And they begin to talk, and Jesus patiently tries to explain to him. And they talk of needing to be born again. But still, Nicodemus doesn't understand. He takes Jesus' words literally what, am I supposed to crawl back inside my mother and be born again? Well, no. So, Jesus does what we so often see him doing in the Gospels and in our video series. He meets Nicodemus where he is and gives him an example he will understand within his own context. He takes this Pharisee sitting before him back to the Old Testament book of Numbers to tell him the story that was our light of Christ reading today. Jesus tells him how God rescued his people in the wilderness from the plague of poisonous snakes by instructing Moses to make a snake of bronze and put it up on a pole. And whenever anyone was bitten by a snake, They could look at the bronze snake on the pole and live. And the point of this story, Jesus compares God's rescue of his people in the wilderness to his own intending actions which will have the capability of moving all people from darkness and death into the light of life and Christ. He explains to Nicodemus that being right before God depends on the power of God, not on the power of humans to keep a bunch of rules just right, because number one, we can't do it. We humans have a sin problem that poisons our hearts and poisons our lives. And no amount of right living can suck the poison out and lead us to salvation. Only God's provision can save us from what is killing us. And all we can do is look to and rely on that provision. This is the point in the conversation where our scripture lesson begins today. So, John 3.16 records Jesus' words, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Martin Luther called this the gospel in miniature. It is the love of God that drives forth the provision for eternal life. This way to the gift is not through keeping a bunch of religious rules in proper fashion. Jesus tells it that it all starts and ends with belief in him. We must believe and receive. Believe and Just to good to be true. I'm here to tell you, it is true. journey itself. Nicodemus, so afraid of what others might say, meets Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus in the darkness. In the darkness of his soul. In the darkness of his heart. But Jesus wants Nicodemus to see the kingdom of God in a light as bright as day not as a reward for perfect behavior, but as something we connect to through our faith in the Lord. Something we can connect to right here, right now, today. Let's pray. Steadfast God, you reach out to us in mercy, even when we rebel against your holy call. To prefer to walk in disobedience rather than in the way of your divine truth. Soften our hearts with the warmth of your love, that we may know your Son alive within us, redeeming us, and raising us up into your eternal presence. And Pray. God of blood and light, as Jesus shined your light into our troubled world, may we offer, may our offering bring rays of your holy light into the darkest corners of our world. May these gifts reach the places where the fear of death holds sway, that others may find Christ's life in the midst of their pain. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the thoughts on Yeah This is uh, written by Reverend Dr. Jeannie Brown Daniel, and it's inspired by part of our scripture today, John 3, 16 and 17. Let us rejoice. God so loves the world. May God, your maker, send you back into the world with creative energies refreshed may christ the light illuminate the darkest moments and may the holy spirit of steadfast love guide you until we worship together again this day and evermore and everyone